Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got so confident. In this episode, I Skype with director, actor, writer, and filmmaker Maggie Kylie. We chat about having clear small tasks towards your goal, the value of asking questions, how to find your voice, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Maggie Kylie. Hey, Maggie. Hi. How's it going? It's going fine. It's going, How are you? Yeah, it's going okay, uh, all things considered. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, thanks for chatting with me. So I guess my first question is, do you consider yourself a confident person? Yeah, it's such a good question because I think for a long time, I've thought of myself as more um, as someone who's a little shy, a little reserved, someone who sort of holds back um, and like evaluates a situation before stepping into it. Um, But I think over the years, I've learned that like taking a backseat doesn't necessarily get me in the door or get me in the conversation. So yeah, I think in certain places I'm confident. I still, I think like any artist has, has like great moments of self-doubt and worry around like, am I a complete fraud? Am I going to be slowly, you know, uncovered that I actually don't know what I'm doing? Um, But yeah, I think, I think I am confident. I think I, I would categorize myself as a confident person. Is that something that you've always had as like a kid growing up? Or is this something that like you've had to cultivate uh, in your adulthood? Um, I mean, growing up, I started acting when I was younger. You know, we put on plays in the backyard and then I did tons of community theater. So that was, I had confidence around acting. Mm. Um, But in other areas, I was less confident. Um, I think for me, after I had, I have two kids, after I had my first, um, things really just sort of shifted for me where I felt like I had the care of another human Mm. in my, you know, was, was part of my responsibility. So I think I had to find a way to be stronger and tougher and more outgoing, um, than I had been up until that point. Yeah. So you would say like, having kids was like the big thing that sort of shifted this confidence. Yeah. And it's interesting because even for me, my career changed radically after I had my daughter, you know, I was, I was acting exclusively acting. I was writing a little bit, but really my focus was on acting. And after I had my daughter, um, we moved out to Los Angeles and then, you know, I was sort of given an opportunity to, to work on a film as a director, not something I sought out. Um, but when I look at that journey and I think about making that transition into directing, I really don't think I would have been able to do it in the same way had it been before I had a kid. That's so interesting. Yeah. So then as a kid, were you a confident kid? I should ask you that. Ah, that's so weird to think about. Yeah, I think so. I think so, but I also think I was like a deeply feeling kid. So when something happened that made me lose confidence, it was hard for me um, to come back. When I was in third grade, I was out sick. I had asthma as a kid, and for and I was like out sick for a long stretch. And before that time, I was 
I think like one of the more popular kids in class, but something happened when I stayed out and, and these kids like, it sounds so silly, but it was truly traumatizing. They convinced everyone that I had cooties. So when I came back to class in third grade, no one would talk to me except for one kid, Evan Samuelson, who like to this day, I think is like a, a kind human. Um, and everyone, they did this horrible thing where no one would sit near me and no one would talk to me. And for sure, I think that that rattled my confidence, but I think it's a good lesson to sort of, I don't know, never get too confident or too comfortable in the position that you're in. So I don't think I, I was deserving of that cootie treatment, but it definitely shook my, uh, my foundation. No, I mean, it's not, it's not silly at all because Actually, a lot of people talk about in doing these interviews, they have been talking about how hard middle school was. So I know third grade's a little before that, but how that really shook their confidence. And because people are, kids are just mean. In middle, I mean, you have, are your kids in middle school at this point? One's already passed middle no. school. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's in high school. First, just finished her first year of high school. But I do remember, yeah, middle school is tricky. And, but I, even for, I feel like girls in third grade is tricky too. I've yeah. had that conversation with a lot of other moms. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Was confidence something your parents instilled in you growing up? Or is that, was that quality not maybe something that they thought so much about? I think they did. I mean, I definitely had very, um, encouraging and supportive parents, you know, in that like I wanted to be acting. So they supported me in doing that. I wanted to, um, you know, ultimately I went to a performing arts high school, which they were so supportive of. So I think, I think having that loving, kind support made me confident in a way but then also it's it's funny because it does you a little bit of a disservice because then when you do kind of come into contact with someone who isn't so nurturing and kind and is a little harder on you um it can feel difficult like when I first got to NYU you know in my first semester of you know acting school and I just remember teachers holding me accountable in a different way than I had been and that for sure shook my confidence, you know? Well, how did you, what did you do in those moments? Like, how did you come back from times that your confidence took like a dip? Well, it's interesting because I think your first reaction, at least for me, is your kind of your ego gets in the way mm -hmm. a little. And ego comes first and sort of says, well, this person doesn't know what they're talking about or how can they speak to me like that? Or how can they, you know, think I'm not, you know, up, up to the level that I think I am. And then I think as you mature a little bit or you, you know, you sort of take a step back from it. And I think you have to look at, you know, the differences in, in how people are challenging your confidence. Mm. If it's just to kind of tear you down, you know, and, and it's all about them versus someone who's maybe poking at your tower to kind of say, have you really thought this all through or have you really done your best work or, you know, should you be at this point of feeling so good about it or can you work a little harder to make it better? So I think it's being able to distinguish between those two things that matters. Yeah. It's like almost, um, taking a step back and like considering the source who is like confronting yeah. you as opposed to, I mean, it's so easy when someone also gives you a critique to be like, okay, I'll change. I'll do whatever, however you want to do it. I know that's something that like 
I certainly am faced with um, with acting. It's like when someone says to do it one way, it's like, well, I want to be directable. I want to be able to make that change in the audition room or wherever it is, but also like bring in my own ideas with it. And it's been such a pendulum for me because I know at one point I was like, when I would get a critique, it'd be like, fuck you, you don't know. And yeah. then it would swing the other way and I'd be like, okay, I'll do whatever you want and it'll be, it'll be great. And then it's like, well, there has to be like a balance somewhere. Um, yeah. And I think considering the source, I'm writing all these things down, by the way. Um, I think considering oh. the source of these critiques is like a super big part of that. Um, yeah. I love what you just said too. I do think it is about being like totally malleable and also like super rigid. And I think that goes back to that idea of like trusting your instincts and being able to like feel your instincts. And, and I know that times when I'm like so insecure, my focus is completely out of myself and I'm looking at everything else. I'm like looking at the signs or I'm looking at like this person didn't email me back or this person commented and then didn't comment. And I, I can completely spin out. And it's always that moment when I realize that I've, I've gone so far away from my own experience. Mm -hmm. I'm just like putting everything outward. So I think being able to be in your body is so important it is so that being in your body is like it's so key and kind of looked over I feel like I feel like we often are like thinking with our head and not with like our bodies you know yeah and like cultivating that um gosh that just like connection to our bodies and it's like yeah I don't know how how to really do that, I guess a combination of meditation and like moving your body and like sitting with it. And I don't know, I just think it's so important and often overlooked. Yeah. And I think you have to be honest with yourself at every turn, like how you feel about things. Yeah. You know, like really being able to like hold yourself accountable, I think. Totally. And it's, it's often something that I go back to in therapy, which she'll be, my therapist will be like, trust your gut. And I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Right. Uh, just, like, take a minute. I think we, like, move so fast that, like, we don't even take a minute to, like, consider, like, okay, what do I really want? Or what do I really feel? Or what do I really believe in this moment? Um, so I think that's really important. So moving from acting to directing is, like, a real – it's a real uh, big task and also – how did you figure out like what you were doing? I know you did AFI's directing workshop and you were um, a fellow for a couple different programs. Um, but did you find yourself in moments where you were like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no confidence in this area. Yeah. I mean, even I can remember so clearly my first day at AFI, um, AFI directing workshop for women is an amazing program that, you know, they take eight women um, who need to be sort of somewhere in their professional career. They can't be right out of film school. And they really look for people who haven't necessarily just been directing. So like for me, I really didn't have any directing experience. Um, but I remember sitting in this like great hall on the first day and there were all these pictures of primarily um, white male directors, but still, and they gave us this big speech about how, you know, this is such a huge opportunity. And once you go through this program, you'll be an alum of AFI forever. And I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. 
But of course I was like, I, that, uh, what am I doing? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't, I didn't go to film school. I think I had just gotten a computer, like all, all those, like no confidence whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then fortunately, you know, there was a class that happened pretty early on where I realized just everything that we're talking about that like intuitively I understood how to tell a story, how to like craft a performance, you know? So it was like looking to the ways that I was, the places where I naturally understood how to do it, but then also being really clear with all the things that I didn't know how to do, you know? Yeah. Um, Like the more technical elements and, and, you know, and then sort of being able to lean on people for help and support in those areas, I think is so, so, so important. I mean, I, I do think it's important, at least for me, to say that it took me a really long time to get to where I was making money in a way that I needed to, getting hired like regularly. It was a constant five steps forward, two steps back or five steps back or 15 steps back or, you know, there was never a moment where I suddenly felt like, oh my God, I've got this. Um, And the, the thing about all those programs is I think that they do help with confidence. I think that having an organization recognize you as someone who they want to support Um, that does so much for you. You know, it may not lead to a job or an agent or a movie, but just having that little bit of encouragement um, can go so far. So I've tried to kind of remember that going forward, how even just giving some, giving another person some support and guidance can be enough to get them through like six months of struggle, you know, totally it's hard. It's yeah, it's so hard. Um, were there moments in those years kind of before you were making money off of directing or or making a living, I should say, off of directing that you were like, what am like, how I don't know if this is the right choice for me. I don't know that I can ever make money off of this, or I don't know that I can ever make uh, the steps that I wanted, the goals that I want to reach. I don't know if I'm ever going to reach them. And if you had those moments, like, what did you do to comfort yourself and continue on? Um, I don't think I had those huge, awful thoughts very often. Like, I think part of, and, and, you know, I started acting, I mean, I moved to New York at 18 and was acting at that. I mean, so I've been pursuing a career as a creative artist, my whole professional adult life, you know? Um, so the, I think for me, the bigger feeling would be like, how am I going to get through this day? How am I going to, um, send another email, you know, but, but I do think in those moments of like, is this going to happen? My, you know, my husband is also an artist and I think it's been great to be with him at every step of this journey, because I think when one of us is really sort of faltering, the other says, but this is what you do, you know, like this is the thing and this is what you've been building and you're just going to keep building and you're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And eventually you'll have more, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's little, you make little, little developments along the way where you feel like you're making real progress. But what, 
I mean, we always said, like, what are we going to do? I mean, this is with a baby and moving to a new city. And we would look at each other and be like, well, what are we going to do? Just throw it all away and go get our real estate license. I did get my real estate license when I was 18, but that was a side job early. But but it, but you do sort of think, well, is this the day that you're just going to throw everything away? And I think for me, that always felt like a crazy thing to do. So instead, I would send you know, I mean, you're great at this too. Like I would send three emails or apply for a program or watch an interview with someone I admire or make a list of things I was going to do. And just, just having little tasks and, and clear, clear tasks too. Like I hate getting emails from people that are just so generally looking for help, but, but if it's a specific, you know, I'm staying in touch with this person for the, for eight years because at one point they showed me some encouragement. So when I reach out to them, it's always in a clear, smart way. I always felt better at the end of those days because I felt like I was doing something for myself, yeah. you know, instead of just waiting, you know, for somebody to show up. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's also like so important to be doing like these small tasks that you want to do that may not be directly in line with like the end goal, but like give you that sense of confidence. Like this podcast is like certainly an example of it. Before this, I was like, I don't know how to operate like sound equipment. I don't know the first thing. I don't know how to get a podcast on to Apple. I don't know any of that, but like doing even those things has given me confidence. Like, I, yeah, you know, I, I was, you know, doing this so that I could pick up tips like from the actual conversation, but on the other side of it, like just doing the like technical things that have nothing to do with this conversation, those things have also given me confidence in like every aspect of my life. I didn't realize that like learning how to operate a mic would give me like a better stage presence, for example, but like it does. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like not thinking you could do something. Yeah. And then like, and then doing it, um, I think is huge. Uh, did you feel, can you think of any, um, time in your adult life that your confidence was really shaken? Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be with work stuff, you know, it could be with, um, having kids or, you know, what have you that like you really had your confidence shaken and then you came back from it. I know you talked about third grade cooties, but. (laughs) I mean, that was pretty much the defining moment. Yeah, right. Um, That's it. That's the one thing. I mean, my, you know, my first movie, my first feature that I co-wrote and directed and made when Jack was, um, had just been born, you know, it's like you, you put all of your heart and soul into this project and you're like, we have to get into Sundance or we have to get into, you know, South by, or like that, that's like the be all end all. Like I had sort of watched all these other filmmakers have this event at a premiere festival and then launched into this other, like I knew exactly what happened. Um, So when my movie didn't get in and then, and then didn't get in and then didn't get in and then didn't get in. And I remember we, we, I had, my short film had played at Tribeca and I'd won an award there that was really wonderful and helpful and a like big talking point for when we were putting together the feature. And, and at the end of 
like not getting into a few festivals, Tribeca was sort of ho holding out at the end. It's like we were like hoping it just would make sense to premiere there. And then we didn't get in. And I remember we were taking Molly to a um, like a roller rink party. And I remember Matthew, we were like in the car. And I was like, forget it. It's done. It's oh, I'm done. It's over. It's my first feature. It's not, it's, it's not going anywhere. No one's going to see it. No one's going to recognize, you know, it was really, yeah. and, and, and it did, you know, it did suck, but also not everyone's journey is that journey, you know? I mean, I never had a movie get into Sundance, you know, I never, yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I never had that, the experience that I was convinced was supposed to be the thing that I was supposed to do. So, I mean, at every step, there have been moments where the thing didn't happen the way I was expecting it to. You know, I was a finalist for the Warner Brothers directing program and I had, um, it was down to two of us and I had an interview and I was supposed, if I got into the program, I was going to get to shadow and direct an episode of Rizzoli and Isles. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Say anything about that. But, and I was, I was so close to getting this and I, did I connect to that television show? Not really. Was I desperate for like, getting in the television directing door, so desperate. Um, but I didn't end up getting it. And, and at that moment, I remember being like, well, that's it. That's it. I'm not, I mean, when am I ever going to get that far down 15 interviews or however many yeah. things and then not get it. And then, you know, but it wasn't supposed to go like that. I was supposed to wait two more years and then get into a different program and have my first episode was one that I was way more suited to. And, you know, but in the moment, your 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 confidence is shot. And I think it's important to like allow the space to have the like fallout. Mm. But then you have to you have to kind of roll up your sleeves and go, okay, I'm gonna just gonna keep going because there's no turning around and going back at that point is like gonna take so much longer. Yeah. But then now don't you have an overall deal with the with Warner? Yeah. Well, that's the funny second part of that story is that how, I'm trying to think what year that was. Maybe that was 2014 or 15. And so five years later, having done a lot of directed, ended up directing shows for Warner Brothers and then doing my first pilot for Warner Brothers, I'm, now I'm in an overall deal at Warner Brothers Television, which is great, which is incredible. And and, and I feel, you know, hugely grateful. And also, I think that that's crazy that I was, like, devastated, you know, six years ago. It's to so not crazy. Get into the workshop, the directing workshop. I know. It, that's so yeah. wild. Um, how about the process of, like, developing? Because you wrote the pilot for The Brides, right? No, no, I didn't, actually. Oh. That's a miss. I don't know why it's like that on IMDb. No. That's Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, the creator of Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. He wrote The Bride. Okay. And then I'm, I was directing it before um, quarantine. We were mid-production. So how is, hopefully. I was going to say, what is that like now that we're in COVID? Just a pause on everything? Yeah. I mean, everyone, I feel like in, from the, on the production side of things, we're all really still just waiting I think to see lots of, um, you know, documents and information have, have gone around about what needs to be in place mm -hmm. for things to be safe. Um, but 
Yeah, I mean, the hope would be that that I would get to go back um, and finish the brides. We were shooting in New York, so I'm not sure about that part, but Mm. we had five, we shot five days, so we still have about 10 more days of shooting. you were already shooting. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, I didn't realize that, and you had to shut down production. Wow, that's like a big... Yeah. That's a big thing, too. I mean, that time, you know, that mid-March time was just so intense for everyone. I think just, like, being so unsure of the future right now is so tricky. It's challenging. Yeah, yeah, it's really challenging. I mean, I have been on such a a, a run of working and being out of town and in town, and my year is pretty much blocked out right at the beginning of the year. So, so suddenly having, you know... on the one hand, having like open-ended time is really a gift, you know, but also for the like type A part of me who likes control and organization, it's like difficult to have no concept of like when, you know, things will go back. How do, what are you doing like day to day to like, uh, I don't know, keep those feelings, those scary feelings at bay, but continue to feel like you're working towards something. Yeah, well, my husband and I worked out a schedule kind of right at the beginning of quarantine where we split days. So one of us does the morning shift with our family and then the other person comes to the studio and works. And that makes a huge difference because there is a lot of, I mean, I'm pitching on a couple of um, feature projects and there's a TV project that we are, we've taken out. So there, there actually has been quite a bit of um, stuff. And then I'm also trying to do, you know, advocacy and, and activism and, and work. You know, I've been teaching a lot. I've been doing some master classes. I'm doing a, an acting class for Atlantic. So looking at how to sort of be nurturing the next wave of directors and actors as well. Um, but, you know, some days are harder than others, I think, for everyone. Totally. You know, certainly it's like, I think you just have to embrace the day and and recognize like, oh, today is a day where I just like, I'm so over everything. Yeah. And or versus like, today's a day where I'm really going to embrace, you know, the fact that I can take an hour long hike with the dog and my son and talk about, you know, superheroes. Like that's, that's a gift, you know? Yeah. It's so, so. it's so crazy that like, how are you is now such like a loaded question, you know? It's so like, loaded. uh, Today I'm okay. Yesterday was bad. Yeah. Tomorrow will be better. Like it's just such a crazy time. So you, I I guess I haven't even prefaced this. I know you because you were my acting coach. Um, uh, how did teaching play into your confidence? How did like giving those skills to another set of people? Because uh, I I imagine that that gives you a different feeling than when you are the one that is learning, um, being the teacher. Yeah. I think teaching was a, was a hugely instrumental in bringing me forward in my confidence and in my voice and, and sort of the way I look at the world and think about acting. Um, you know, I'm part of Atlantic theater company. I studied there as a student at NYU and then I was, you know, hugely honored to be brought into the acting ensemble. And I was, always one of I was one of the last waves of people who were brought in so I was I'm still one of the younger ones even though I'm not exactly young anymore but when um Mary McCann who runs the acting school she was like 
doing a movie or something. So she had me come in and take over a film technique acting class, I think when I was like 22. That's so, so young. I wasn't, it's so young. And I, and I wasn't, um, so I wasn't that much older than my students. And also I had sort of just been in acting school myself, but but because I had these great role models and because the Atlantic approach and the sort of way you speak about acting and and um, sort of all those like mantras, they kind of empowered me in a way. So I think teaching helped me find my voice. And I, I love, you know, I love, love teaching. I've missed it. I just started this class again last night over Zoom and I was sort of like, oh, this is going to be depressing um, it's just like my normal film tech classes where I have everyone do a monologue at the beginning. And it really felt like real class. I mean, I really felt like so connected to those people. And afterwards, I felt so inspired by it. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. I just spent two and a half hours looking at a computer screen. But it really reminded me of how, how valuable that is to be able to like work with someone in that way where they really open up to you and let take your adjustments and listen to you. Um, and I, and I do think that that's how I found my way into directing is, is having spent that time adjusting performance in classrooms is exactly what I do on set. You know, that same feeling feels the same. Yeah. I haven't done like an acting class on zoom. So I was, I was gonna, I was gonna see like how you felt about it, but it sounds like you really, you really dig it. Um, cause I felt the same way. I'm like, how am I gonna, I don't yeah. know. It's a computer. I think it's, yeah. I mean, I next on Thursday I'll, or on tomorrow, I'll do the first scenes. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be interesting for them to see how it feels for them to be playing off of someone on zoom. Right. But, but it does, um, I also think just in this time, if you can like give yourself two and a half hours that's completely dedicated to your acting, totally. that, that that in and of itself feels so good, you know? So like you're, you're holding out, you know, or if you set three hours to write or, you know, it's the, again, it's that task stuff. I found that that's really helped me in this quarantine. Yeah. Um. How has, so you write, you're a writer, how has that evolved over the course of time? I don't know, have you always been a writer or is that like sort of like a new thing or? No, I've not always been a writer and I wouldn't, I mean, I'm definitely a director who writes, I'm not a writer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have not been writing lately. I mean, I, I've been... Um, I've been trying to write more to sort of narrative fiction, short story stuff, because I find that really is a nice escape from screenplay structure and pilot script structure. Um, I think, uh, I think because I've been really directing exclusively now for the last, I guess, four years, I do like spend a lot, like part of what I'm doing now is developing scripts and projects. And, you know, so I, I, I help in that way, but I'm not like sitting down to write. Yeah. Do you um, have like a partner that you do this stuff with? Like um, when you pitch and when you do that, or is this like all on your own? Cause I find at least from listening to Casey and his stuff, I'm like, how do you know like what a pitch deck looks like? How do you know like what to say in these meetings? If you've like 
are just now beginning that sort of journey. Yeah. I mean, there have been so many instances in my career where I've done something where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, yeah. I'm just sort of doing it, you know, but um, pitch deck, I think. Or whatever. That's I mean, I have a lot of great friends. I have great, you know, friends. Yeah. We've, we've shared material. Um, I kind of like intuitively built my first decks based on how I wanted to talk about something. Um I think when I was in the Fox program, somebody gave me some document like how to pitch, mm. but, um, but I, and I've read other people's pitches, but you know, I think you sort of feel it out as you go. I mean, there, there have been, I just, I pitched something recently with my husband. So we did it together. So that was really fun. I always do a practice pitch with you know, I have an, Michael Cruz who works with me. I'll like run everything with him. And, you know, it's, it's important to like, especially because it's all been over zoom. Um, totally. I mean, even with like my pilot, um, when I did the Katie Keen pilot, when you're doing a pilot, you have to do this thing called a show and tell for the studio network where you basically present the entire visual story how you're moving the camera what the costumes are the locations it's like a huge presentation um that I didn't that I knew I had to do but I didn't completely know how to do it but that was a huge learning curve um but yeah I it's so important to ask questions and to call Mm. your friend who you did a pilot or you know just yeah gain as much information as you can that whole like Riverdale Katie Keene world is such a fun it must be such a fun world to play in as a director mostly because like I feel like the set deck and like the lighting and everything is so rad and like it's so it's so specific and fun and I whenever I see it I'm just like so beautiful it's just like cinematically beautiful so beautiful Yeah. I mean, that's one, I love working with Roberto and it's, you know, I'm so lucky to be able to keep working with Roberto and, and part of what's so wonderful about him is that he had, he, he loves iconography. I mean, he, he uses really specific inspiration for things. um, And he has really detailed specific taste. And I think once you, if you like understand his sandbox, you know, and, it's so wonderful to like get in there and play because it, it is really cinematic and there's so much texture and so much detail. Um, and it was fun to like work on Katie Keene and then the brides in New York, because we were working with crews and not a lot of the same people who work on Riverdale and, um, Sabrina, I, I, we brought the DP down who I love collaborating with, but kind of just like educating the New York team on like, how layered all the sets would be in terms of set deck and props yeah. was really fun to talk about. Yeah. But yeah. I love, so cool. love that stuff. Um, when you, so working in television, uh, for people who don't know you, the, sh- the show has different directors for every episode. I mean, sometimes the same director will direct multiple episodes, but you're often coming in, um, the episode before you being a different director. Um, how does that feel on set when, everybody has been working together and then you come in and people don't know you or like, does that affect your confidence at all walking onto set or are you used to it? By sure. Now? No, it's hard. I mean, I think it's gotten a little bit easier because now I have like 
my reputation precedes me more, you right. know, sort of, I mean, I guess, I don't know how, how grand that is, but, <laughs> but especially in the beginning, um, you know, Riverdale was my first episode. I, I came up under in Ryan Murphy television and, and had my first episode there and then my second episode there. So they all, everyone sort of knew me. They, they knew that it was my beginning of my career and I'd mm. been around because I'd been shadowing. But when I went to Riverdale, I was that like brand spanking new director with not a ton of credits on my IMDb. So um, it, it is like, you're, you're totally a substitute teacher. I mean, yeah. you're stepping into this role of like full authority. Um, but everybody else knows each other. And, you know, it's, it's a big, big part of it is using your prep well so that you're, I mean, you have usually seven or eight days of prep for, for a drama. And in that time, you're having all these meetings with the designers and your scouting locations. And, you know, so how you use that time is important, but, you know, right away, no one wants you to fail. Everybody wants you. I mean, you're literally the captain of the ship. So they all sort of look to you to be like, Oh my God, does this woman know what she's doing? Are we yeah. going to like go over? Does she lost? Are we? So I think as soon as you can show confidence and a plan, um, then you're okay. Like, you know, because everybody's used to it. It's the nature of That's television true. guest directors, you know? Right. So um, I did just do um, this season of Dirty John where I was the producing director and I directed the pilot and then two episodes in the middle and the finale. And then I was on the show the whole time. And that was like the dream because I got to be there, support the other directors and then keep directing it and be with that, you know, crew and cast for the run of the season, which was so great. That is such a dream. Yeah. That's so cool. And it was in LA, which was nice. Very nice to be home. So transitioning into like, um, more of like the family side of things being a mom how much does that shake your confidence or how is that where you feel like the most confident I just feel like being a parent is so hard yeah I think being a parent being a mom shakes your confidence the more than anything yeah I can remember all the things that I said um, before I had a baby where I was like, I'm never going to do this, or I'm definitely going to do this, or I'm, I'm for sure going to do this. And I, I was so wrong about all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's great because it shakes, shakes you and you, you again, have to go back to more sort of your intuition and your instincts. And, but, but also you do know what's right for your child, I think, and you can sort of find your way. Um, but it's, challenging but also like incredibly rewarding and I think it makes me a better director and better artist because I have a full you know a full hard life with you know all all of that in there as well yeah um I always forget that you like have two kids because I'm like you're so busy doing all these other things like you're such a full artist and then you're also a full family woman and I'm just like wow how do you manage all that that's that seems like such a a lot but I guess having a schedule and a routine is probably helpful sort of I mean it's it's been a constant juggle juggle for us you know even when you're first starting out you know in creative work and you can't 
necessarily justify the expense of full-time childcare. Totally. Move to LA without, you know, we, we don't have extended family here really. Um, that was always really difficult for us. And even, even still with, with me having to be on set more in the last few years, it's a constant conversation of like, what are the needs? What do we need? How much support do we need? What feels like crazy amount of support? And, you know, we had like crazy meal delivery things, trying to figure that out. And like, just, just, you know, but, but again, like every working family has to figure that out. So I don't, I feel very lucky that I can, yes, I have to go to Vancouver for three weeks, but then I can come home and be home for two weeks versus a nurse or, or someone who's working, you know, they, they don't get that, that break, right. you know? So um, I do try to thank you for saying that about being a family person too, because I do, it's, it's hugely important to me that I keep that part nurtured and supported equally as my career and it's not easy but we make the most of the moments when we can all be together um just we it's really important that we you know manifest that time in a way that's present and yeah you seem when you talk about like I mean I know this about you from knowing you but people don't know you're so like well-spoken and um you feel I feel like I feel like you really like know yourself and you know what you need and you can really sit with feelings of discomfort and then come out of it and know like what you need to evolve. Is there something that you do to work on like knowing yourself? I know some people go to therapy, some people meditate. A lot of people that I've talked to um, really feel that, uh, get to know themselves when they're like working out surprisingly and like getting mm-hmm. to know their bodies. Um, how do you cultivate such a strong sense of self? That's a good question. And I don't need, do I really have a strong sense of yes. self? That seems crazy. Yes. Um, you're so I mean, articulate I, about it too. You like, <laughs> I can follow it so well. Cause you're like, I, I just, I just admire that oh. so much. Um, thank you. I think, um, I think being in a committed relationship in a marriage and a partner with someone who, who is also like on a daily basis, like holding himself accountable and being in the world as an artist and, and, and being shoulder, shoulder, shoulder to shoulder with him, both as parents, as, you know, as best friends, as romantic partners. Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. You know, I think that we, we, um, when I've been working out of town, we've worked out a system so that we make sure that we stay connected, you know, um, which can be really hard when you're not in the same physical space. Um, I've also, you know, journaled, um, therapy is a big part of my life since I was in my early twenties. Um, I think it's important whatever it is, you have to have something for yourself. If it is working out, if it is something physical, if it is, um, you know, a community of friends, um, even in quarantine, a director friend of mine set up a small group of us, um, who we just have done these sort of weekly check-ins of like, this is what I want to achieve this week, but also like I'm finding this really hard or, you know, it's, it's like checking in, you know, checking in, um, in an emotional, 
and physical sense yeah, with yourself. It's totally. so um, Well, I'm going to recap this list of Maggie's tips for self-confidence that I've been taking, jotting down this whole time. Um, you can feel free to add anything at the end, but okay. Loving kindness, considering the source, trust your instincts, be in your body, be honest with yourself, lean on people and community for support, have clear small tasks towards your goal, allow yourself to feel the fallout, then roll up your sleeves, find your voice, ask questions, surround yourself with a partner who's also doing the work, journal, therapy, and have something for yourself. Yeah. Wow. We should write a book. I know. Shouldn't we? I'm already starting. Wow, those are really good. That, those, are, those are good. I hope I listen to myself. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, jot these down in an email and uh, send it on over to you so that you can That's remind nice. yourself of it. Uh, um, I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time. I My pleasure. Truly it's appreciate so great it. to hear your voice. I know. Yeah. Um, you're just... You are one of the women that I really look to as like a mentor and someone that has just taught me so much, whether or not you know it, not even about acting, but I feel like I was doing, I mean, I was doing acting one-on-ones with you like during such a hard time in my life and like having you there to help me, whether or not you know this, was incremental in getting out of like a really bad situation and coming into my myself uh and I just think that you're so wonderful and I just I just love that thank you I'm so so happy to hear that I loved love spending that time with you and I'm still here so consider me there Uh, (laughs) even if I'm not sitting across from you I know right Um, and I'm so happy for you you look and sound happy and fulfilled and and confident. Um, and that's really special Thank you. and well-deserved. Thanks for listening to this episode of how the fuck did you get so confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence, whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through, leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well. And I'll check it out. Thanks again.